Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to Kids A to Z with Dr. T. I'm your host, Teresa Signorelli, and we are bringing you information about the five areas of child development. And by that, we mean physical, intellectual, social, social social-emotional, and moral, so parents can empower their children to thrive. And we have an all-star playroom segment today, and we're calling it Breastfeeding, a Mother's Experience with La Leche League. And our guest is Rebecca Lunin, and she comes from a creative background, and she actually has a Bachelor of Arts um, in Studio Art, and she previously, in a previous career, was a jewelry um, in the jewelry industry. But she really had a love for communication um, and language and working with people. So she's now switching careers to become a speech-language pathologist, and that's actually how I met her. I teach at Marymount Manhattan College in the speech-language pathology program there, and Rebecca uh, finished a the prerequisite sequence, and she came to meet with some of us here to talk about the field. And in our discussions, I learned about her interest in breastfeeding and her experience with a Leche League. And um, I thought she'd be great to bring on the show to talk about her personal experience because she's a mom, and for the past two years she's been working full-time as a mom, raising her daughter who is now about two years old. And she really, in our conversations earlier, said she really credits her (laughs) success as a parent to being able to nurse and nurse well and nurse on demand and extend, I should say, the breastfeeding experience she had with her daughter. Um, and as I mentioned, she's a member of La Leche League International since she gave birth to her daughter and really credited um, her success with, from the support she got from mothers there and meeting the leaders of La Leche League and the wonderful encouragement she had, the wisdom she found they had and, and was provided with a nice sense of community. Um, and she had said it made her feel empowered. Um, to be there, and especially in a culture, our culture sometimes breastfeeding can be controversial. So she's looking to give back, and that's part of the reason why she's here um, to talk about her experiences and provide the same encouragement to other moms and moms-to-be who especially are in those early, um, and she's also, I should say, in the early stages of training to be a leader in La Leche League. And um, looking for a really rewarding volunteer opportunity there. So without further ado, um, we're going to welcome Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. (laughs) Okay, great. So I hope I did some justice in your bio. Is that that a good description of of who you are and what you're doing right now? Um, I think it's pretty spot on. Um, It definitely brings me to date, kind of wraps me up in the past 10 years to date, um, and, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I currently okay. I live in Brooklyn. I have my two-year-old, um, <clears throat> and, you know, I'm, um, I don't subscribe really to any one parenting style. Um, I don't really fit into any one box. I take little bits from different philosophies, um, and La Leche League is one area of my life that I happen to become pretty involved in. Um, okay. So, yeah. All right, great. So then let's let's talk about La Leche League a little bit and, you know, maybe talk, um, like, yeah, just for people who don't know what it is, tell us about it. I understand it's an international nonprofit, but what else can you tell us? Yeah, well, it started in the United States um, a long time ago. I mean, relatively speaking, it started in the 50s. 
um, about the mid to late 50s, um, just a small group of women who happened to meet, I believe, through a church group, um, even though the organization is completely and never has been. um, It's non-sectarian. Religion is never, ever mentioned. Um, Even in the beginning, it was not. But this is just how the women met um, at a a local church picnic. And um, they were slightly, you know, varying ages, but at the time all had children, either their first or their third, um, who they were breastfeeding. And this was a time when um, I think breastfeeding was, you know, sort of taboo and um, many people were into the idea of using formula because it was convenient and it was becoming more, you know, it was improving over the decades. Um, And these women were nursing their children and felt that they didn't have many other women to um, discuss their day-to-day with. So they all got together and formed this small group. Originally, it was seven women. Um, they would go on walks at night with their strollers, wearing their babies. They would talk about their joys of breastfeeding, their difficulties, um, their their um, challenges with their family members. And um, it developed into this group. I think by the end of the 50s, they put out a 30 page, um, I guess you could call it pamphlet at the time, of breastfeeding basics and um, information for women who were interested. And they printed it. It was distributed. And about five years later, they found a publisher that printed into this book, which we now know as The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. Um, And it's La Leche League's book that um, every five, ten years, they come out with new editions. and that's how the organization started. I don't know exactly when, but it expanded into other countries. And it's always stayed nonprofit. Um, and it's a mother-to-mother support organization um, with monthly meetings and trained La Leche League leaders who facilitate the meetings um, and lead okay, them. Okay, so Rebecca, let me, let me jump in for one second. So um, it really, as you were saying, started as a support group. Mothers Supporting yes. Other Mothers. And would you repeat the name of that book again? The name of the book is called The Womanly Arts of Breastfeeding. recently came out actually with um, an eighth edition. Um, so that's the one that I currently have actually. You know, they want to keep up to date and yeah. times are always changing. They'll, <clears throat> um, you know, include new excerpts from, from women um, coming from different backgrounds and experiences, nursing their children. Um, they put new, um, just new information. They'll correct things. Things are changing. So, you know, it's a paperback book. It's long. It's a great book. Um, it's, um, okay. yeah, it's like a 400-page book, and it's amazing. It, it covers covers a lot, um, you know, and they talk about formula feeding. There are some women who breastfeed and they use formula, Um Everyone has their own way, um, and so it's an amazing book. And the organization, it's in, I think, maybe about 60-some-odd countries now. Um, I just read that there's La Leche League in China, um, and um, and there are meetings yeah. for all different types of mothers. So there are yeah. series meetings. <clears throat> um, okay, so give me, let me, let me just, let me jump in for one second. So, um yeah. 
I'm assuming you can find out about meetings and, and probably this book on La Leche's website. So I'm just letting our listeners know that on the show site for today's show, I have the link to La Leche League International there. So parents can go can go there and access that information um, quickly if they wanted. But let's, let's talk about um, the training infrastructure that La Leche okay. League has. Um, and so maybe talk to us about meeting leaders and how they're trained and um, also you know do, would you consider a meeting leader a lactation consultant so um, why don't we start there okay um, I would not consider a meeting leader a lactation consultant many of them are or I should say some of them are um, but many are not I think that out of maybe my five local leaders um, who I turn to, I think maybe one of them is, and they don't bring that up in meetings. It's considered to be a separate um, part of part of their life from being a LLHA League leader, um, being a lactation consultant. Um, there is, so IBCLC stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultant, and that's a very rigorous training. It involves clinical hours um, and um, some science courses and medical-based courses on breastfeeding that leadership with La Leche League does not require. Um, lactation consultants usually charge for their fees. Um, they can work in hospitals, private practices, pediatricians' offices, um, and so that's very different from a La Leche League leader, though they can be both, but they don't they don't bring, bring that up at a meeting. Okay. Um, right. So so then so then uh, what is the training that a La Leche leader would have, and what is it that they're doing that they need training? Okay. Um, well, actually, I should also say to be a lactation consultant, you do not have to have ever breastfed yourself or be a mother. Those are requirements to be a La Leche League leader. Mm-hmm. Um. So there are certain requirements to even start the training process. Um, You had to have um, breastfed at least one child for um, a minimum of nine months. Um, And I believe the the request there or the requirement is that um, that child was fed mostly just breast milk, in addition to their solid foods, but no um, uh, other types of, of milk, um, like formula or, or cow's milk. Um, and that you are a La Leche League um, member, um, that you've been actively involved in the organization, people running the organization and approving you as a leader applicant want to know that you that you fall in line with the La Leche League philosophies and that you've been an involved member um, and part of the community, that it makes sense for you to be there to support women coming to you to your meetings. Um, So there is a training. There's a whole application process. You meet with a leader within your community. They are essentially your mentor, and they guide you through the process. And then there is also more of a regional coordinator, someone... um, who checks in with you during the training process for different parts of the training. Um, Because I'm at the very early stages, I'm not able to give too much detail. Um, 
I've met yeah, with and my, I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't think too much detail is necessary. I think the important thing for the listeners to know is that um, there there is a structure to the process, and it's not willy-nilly, and um, the oh, leaders yeah. have some guidance um, so that the support, you're going there for support, um, and that there's some thought behind the process and some control. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's very structured. I mean, I've had many meetings, and I, I'm at the very beginning stages. Um, yeah, and the training is, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of writing, um, continuing to attend meetings, um, and and reading about all different aspects of breastfeeding and complications, um, common problems people have, um, what to do if someone calls you for a breastfeeding problem and you don't know the answer, you know, what to do in that scenario, um, and learning how to facilitate meetings, um, you know, how to encourage discussion between mothers. It, it really runs through all of that. Um, and it's self-paced. They encourage you to keep a momentum, but one of my leaders, and it took her a year to complete her training and then run meetings. Another one of my leaders told me it took her four years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're a mother. Life is busy. Um, some women are also juggling, you know, a full-time job in addition to doing this. So people do it at their own pace. And the goal is to um, to do it with joy. You know, it's a volunteer position completely. You're never paid to be a La Leche League leader. And um, so it's by choice, and people do it because they really want to give back to what they feel they they got themselves um, throughout mm-hmm. their you know, And you had mentioned how, how, yes, you had mentioned how busy life can be. And I think when you go to a meeting that's, led by a trained individual, that meeting will be um, effective and efficient so people's time isn't wasted. And moms, we all know how overtaxed moms are. And so if a mom is going to be away from her family, that her time is well spent. And so La Leche has an infrastructure to um, help um, make that time be well spent, which is, I think, a good thing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit, um, and if you want to talk a little bit more about the training, please do, but I'd also like to talk about how the meetings come about, how they're arranged and, and organized. Um, is there a fee to attend and, you know, any other logistics? Maybe we can start talking about that. Sure. Um, there's no fee. Some meetings will have a do- uh, donation box because there are um, – costs that come along with running a meeting. Just, you know, a lot of the meetings are held in either community rooms or people's homes. Sometimes the meeting leaders put out snacks and tea and, excuse me, um, have printed materials. So, you know, you can give nothing. You can give a dollar. You can give $10. Um, And I've been to many meetings where I I didn't put anything in the jar, and then you know, meeting I thought, you know, I've been coming here for many months. I'm gonna throw a five in there, you know, to give back. And um, this is before I had I think paid for membership, which is also an extra option. Um, there's a very low fee membership, a low cost membership. It's completely by choice. Um, you can go to meetings for five years and never be a member, um, and. The membership is really um, just, for me, I personally joined. I just felt I've been going to meetings every month, and I don't pay for it. And my leaders do an amazing job, and I believe in the organization. 
so for me, the I think at the time it was 30 or $40. That just made me feel good giving that to the organization because I know it would get used and that there are a lot of resources and people's time um, put into the organization. So for me, it made sense. I knew I was going to continue going. Um, so you, and let me don't, just clarify something. Let me just clarify something. You said um, sure. you don't. You said you could go for five years and not be a, men, men, a member. And I'm, I'm guessing you were just exaggerating or giving an example. But is there a limit um, that you can attend, and then you have to become a member, or it's 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 completely up to you? Totally up to you. And I don't think the leaders even know who the members are. I mean, they don't keep track of it. It's so laid back. <clears throat> that's one thing that I love about La Leche League. It's it's um, structured but informal, and no one knows who's a who's a member and who's not. And you, I mean, and you might have someone who is going for five years. Maybe they are nursing. You know, maybe they nursed their child till he was two, and she was pregnant again, but had weaned that child, but wanted to continue going to La Leche League while she was pregnant just for the continued support, and then gave birth and nursed for another two years. So she's continuing to go to meetings for five years. She does not have to become a member. I could be great friends with that woman and have no idea if she's a member or not. It's totally her choice, um, which, that's which a, I love. That's a nice option. Yeah, that's a nice option. That's a nice option. Yeah, and, and the leaders are so welcoming. They just want women to feel comfortable, um, you know, to feel welcomed. It's a very um, close community feel, um, and meetings can be as few as two women, or it can be as many. I've been to some where there have been 25 on a crowded day. Um, <laughs> so talk about that a little more, how, the, how, how they um, arrange the meetings and organize them. So the meetings are about an hour and a half. Um, usually they linger longer because people continue to chat or at the end of the meeting, um, the leaders will tell women, if you want to stay later, I can help you with one-on-one, more one-on-one help. Um, everyone is sitting with, you can actually even come without your child if you have someone else looking for your child and you just need a break and you need some support or help, you can go without your child. Um, and um, what do most family mothers, members. What do most mothers sorry? do? Do they bring their children? Most mothers go with their children. Um, so I go to two different types of meetings. I go to a series meeting and I go to a toddler meeting because I still nurse my 24-month-old. <clears throat> um, the series meeting is welcome to is is open to mothers of um, children of all ages who are nursing. Um, you do have to be actively nursing your child to attend a meeting. Um, but even if you're in the weaning process and you nurse your child once every couple days. The meetings are still there for you. Um, so the series meetings, at least in my neighborhood, I live um, in Park Slope, Brooklyn, they tend to attract a lot of new mothers. Um, it'll be a lot of two-week-old babies, month-old babies, and um, a few toddlers kind of running around in the background yelling, um, playing with toys and eating snacks. So the leaders try to address everyone's questions. They start the meeting by introducing themselves. Um, they mention one of the La Leche League philosophies, which is take what works for you and leave the rest. Um, as we all know, 
you know, on parents the exact same way and everything, you know, pe- different things work for different people. Um, and that they don't judge. If you're having difficulties with X, Y, or Z, the leaders are not there to judge you. They're there to support you and help you with what you need um, encouragement with. And it depends on how crowded the meeting is. The leaders do try to go in a circle. They make their best effort to give every woman the opportunity to introduce herself and her child, mention the child's age, um, and to either in that moment, ask what her question is, or at the end, um, after everyone has introduced themselves, that's when people ask their questions. There are sometimes women, five women, who maybe have the same concern, so the leader will try to start maybe with that, um, with that topic because she can see that many people there have the same question. Um, it is so structured. What can you talk Sorry, about some of the topics that are um would you talk about some of the topics that are addressed at the meetings? Sure. Um, so in my experience, you know, going every month and, and I learn a lot from other women, even if I've never had the the um the challenge myself, I learn from the women who have and I've even been able to help other friends that have had those challenges. So it's very interesting for me. Um to see with my two-year-old now, even to listen to women who have two-week-old babies. So there's certain challenges that many new mothers face, certain challenges that seem to be pretty common. So one of those would be trouble getting your baby to latch properly. So latch would meaning um, the baby actually latching onto the mother's breast. Um, It's something that we're never taught in schools, excuse me, Um, you know, we are given sex ed, or some of us are, but we're never really taught about, you know, we're taught about sex ed, maybe pregnancy, if you're lucky you learn that, and birth. Um, You know, sometimes kids are showed horrific videos, but then we're never taught about how humans eat after they're born. We see other mammals do it in videos, but we never see humans do it. So why would anyone ever know what could make it easy or challenging. And so one of the things that makes it challenging is improper latch. Um, Breastfeeding is not easy at first for most people. Um, I never had problems breastfeeding, but it wasn't easy for me at first. It's a new sensation. It's, um, It's just completely new. And it can be painful if you don't do it properly. So women come to the meetings, they'll say, you know, this hurts or... I'm afraid he's not getting enough milk. Um, And so latching, proper latching is a topic that is commonly discussed, um, which also goes hand in hand with um, the positioning of the baby's body and head while you're nursing. Um, Milk supply um, is another very popular topic. Um, New mothers, and rightly so, are very concerned is my baby getting enough nourishment? Um, after babies are born, they drop their birth weight. Um, it's usually a pound or so, but when you're when you're only born at eight pounds and you lose a pound, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of weight to drop. And so pediatricians are um, on new parents to get their baby's birth weight back up. So. Um, that's another topic that's covered. Oh, 
I'm sorry if you can hear that helicopter. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was loud for me. I don't know if it was loud for you. Yeah, I didn't, so, um, I didn't hear it here, but it's we're good. We're okay, going to keep on going. <laughs> um, so that's that's a really, really big topic that's covered. I would say latch and, and baby birth weight and is my baby getting enough. Um, newborn one of, one of the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they eat a very small amount. I think in the first couple of weeks they, they can fit about a tablespoon amount at a time, but they eat so frequently because their metabolism is so quick. Um, and as you know, you know, babies eat a lot. They have dirty diapers a lot. So that's a challenge for new mothers to to nurse so frequently. It's pretty taxing on one's body. Um, it eventually tapers out. It does not last that way for very long, but in the beginning it's um, physically challenging on the new mother and, and those around her who are helping her. So um, the mother can go to a leche league and ask not just the leader but other women, you just say, this is hard for me, it's painful, am I latching him properly, is he gaining quickly enough? And the leader might have feedback but then what's so great about La Leche League is usually five other mothers in the room are going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going through the same thing, and let's talk about it. And and um, I've seen women bawling their eyes out at La Leche League. You know, their child is two, three weeks old. They're, they're postpartum. They've just given birth. They're hormonal. Are they doing the right thing? They don't know. And then I see them come back a month later. They're smiling. They're eating snacks, and um, they – are so happy to have the meeting to return to. Um, and they're sort of out of that, what can sometimes be a dark first month for some women. Um, so I, I do see some women return. I love when I see women return. Those are usually women who I'll continue to chat with. I'll see them a month later, a month later. I'll see their babies get bigger. Um, and some women come once. You know, I think some people think that La Leche League is there for people to just go to when they're learning how to breastfeed. Um, so that is sort of a misconception about La Leche League, but it is something that is great for, for new nursing mothers. Um, right. Yeah. There's a couple things that you said that resonated with me. Um, one was um, how we're not trained. We get <clears throat> sexual education in schools to some extent, um, but we mm-hmm. kind of stop right as you get to breastfeeding. Um, and mm-hmm. feeding in general, and fe- feeding is a skill that children have to master. And it's it's really not something we talk about in general and even a, uh, beyond breastfeeding and moving to solids and chewing and swallowing. And um, so uh, that's why I was encouraged to have this talk with you. We've been having a feeding series on kids A to Z with a feeding specialist um, who's also a speech-language pathologist because it's the same mechanism and it's it's all connected. So I, I, that, I think, is important to bring up and that parents think about that. Um, and then one of the things um, I forgot to ask you to prepare was, and you just started touching on it, was what do you wish people knew but tend not to um, about um, – the topic at hand, so either breastfeeding or La Leche League or both. So what is it that you wish people knew that tend, that you find don't? And so maybe it's a misconception, for example. So maybe we can go there in our discussion. Sure. <laughs> there's a lot that I wish people knew. Try to pick 
try to pick the big one, and we could always address yeah. um, other things another time. But if you, you know, what do you really wish parents knew? Um, okay, one is that I wish people knew that a baby's needs and wants are the same thing. Um, the you know the um, sort of the opinion of you know oh you don't spoil your baby you hold your baby too much or how oh you're nursing so often does it need to be that often um, so in the early months of a human's life the wants and needs are the same I believe in the philosophy of the fourth trimester that the baby is out of the womb but they're still just adjusting to the real world they don't they don't know what's happening when they're left crying you know, uh, on a surface, they need to be held, they need skin-to-skin contact, um, and people don't know that. They, Our culture is very into get a child to be as independent as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, and in my, for me personally, and in my opinion, that doesn't apply to an infant, um, so another thing. Um, so, so in term, but in terms of breastfeeding, what do you wish parents knew? I wish that parents knew that breastfeeding is not just for nutrition and not just for feeding. Um, that there's also a major aspect of bonding, um, of closeness, of soothing, and of comfort. Um, oh, I'm so sorry that you hear that. Um, yep, that's all so, good. It's life happening, which is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I so that so breastfeeding isn't just for nutritional value, that there is a social-emotional um, emotional interaction, this bond between parent and child that's going on. Absolutely. So, um, you know, some children, babies and children they soothe, they need to suck. This also ties into, I'm sure you know, um, or have colleagues who know a lot about the sucking mechanism um, with feeding and with children and infants, um, that babies need to suck. So breastfeeding is a lot more than just nutrition. Um, Some children never take a pacifier. Some children will never suck their thumbs. So for those mothers who breastfeed, the breast might be what... um, comforts and soothes the baby. I know for me personally, um, I I do what is called nursing on demand. I've never timed my nursing sessions and um, never spaced them out with a certain amount of time in between. I've just listened to my baby's cues, and um, if she needed to nurse, even if she had just drank milk a half hour ago, I would still nurse her and she would maybe nurse for two minutes because she needed to just have that closeness um, and she it regulated her mood. That's something I've always found with my child personally is nursing her would help regulate her mood. If she was cranky, if something made her upset, um, sometimes I'd nurse her and it would make her better. Um, I, I tried to give my baby a pacifier on point. Um, she wouldn't take it. Um, so yeah, she's I'm not going now to play with, but yeah, pacifiers can have a purpose and a use, and we have a, a whole segment on pacifiers, thumb sucking, and and mouth toys um, because they can be lifesavers on some level on one hand, but they can also change the way the mouth forms, how children can chew and feed and swallow, and affect their speech development. So um, 
the breast is a more natural fit in many ways, but again, parents are going to have a um, whole host of issues that bring them to certain situations. And that kind of brings me to the thought you had mentioned before about La Leche League's philosophy. Um, and I know that um, you had mentioned before, you know, take what works for you and leave the rest. And I know that there is a culture of being respectful and um, being respectful to individual choices that different families make. So let's talk about those a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of it starts even before the, the baby is born with, you know, birth choices. Um, so, yeah, at meetings you have women who have come from all different types of, of birth experiences. Some had traumatic births, some had beautiful births, some it was painful, some it wasn't. So um, what comes after that is the baby is born and the baby needs to eat. So the leaders really try to make a very big effort to point out that, you know, do what works for you. If the leader says something, if another um, another mother at the meeting says something that doesn't work for you, then, then leave that, but take what works. Um, there are women who who feed their children in all different ways. I mean, to be at a La Leche League meeting as a mother, you do have to at least even have an interest in breastfeeding. So there are women there who do feed their children formula, but they are either doing that um, and breastfeeding at the same time, or they're trying to wean their child off of the formula, um, or they had a traumatic birth and they their baby was in... Um, the NICU for two weeks and they just, they literally couldn't nurse their baby. Um, and they, they want to learn how to up their milk supply. How can I nurse my baby that is home at a month? Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm answering the question very well, but it's, it's a very, it's, um, it is asked to be a non-judgmental environment. I mean, I definitely see things at the meetings and hear women say things that wouldn't work for me and my family, but it's great that it worked for hers. And I see that it brings her joy as a mother and makes her life easier. And I think that's amazing. So, yeah. And I, um, I, I think that's um, a nice thing for parents and families to know about that. It is a welcoming um, environment where different choices are respected. Um, so, so people feel free to share um, and ask their questions and um, not to be bullied or um, uh, that they're going to be re- treated respectfully. And I, 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 I thought that was an important takeaway um, from our talk. Absolutely. And that's been my experience. Um, and and, I, and I've, I've found that, I know I've sort of heard some people who don't know that much about Lele J. League to um, – I've heard some people have opinions about La Leche League, and I and I'm surprised to hear it that you know people <clears throat> think that um, that it's one way that it really isn't that you know it's it's breastfeeding or nothing, um, and that it's uh, there's like sort of a militant type of vibe. I've heard that word used. I don't know why people <clears throat> sorry why people would think that, but um, I've been to many different meetings and I've never, ever had that impression. I I actually went to my first meeting when I was 23 years old. I mean, I'm 35 now. I have an older sister who has four children. We're very close. And she took me to a meeting one time. I was visiting her and um, she's kind of been a mentor for me in a way. I've learned a lot from her. 
about childbirth and parenting and and nursing. And I went to a meeting and um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I was 23. I was single. I was not thinking about having children. Um, And um, I didn't get any type of a judgy vibe of a, um, you know, it was very, there were women, all different types of women there. I remember recognizing that even at 23 years old. And um, at 23, I knew whenever I have children one day, this is something I want to come back to. Um, so, so yeah, so that's been they're my not, experience. you're not sitting around in meetings, bad mouthing parents who've decided not to breastfeed, that that's not your agenda, your agenda. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and, and also judgment of, you know, look, I mean, I've, um, I wouldn't call it judgment, but I, I've seen things from, from, um, other mothers, maybe they have children older than mine that I thought, wow. I, you know, I didn't realize it could be that way or this way. It can be um, eye-opening, I think, meetings are really great for. Um, I mean, I went to my first meeting here in Brooklyn when I was pregnant. Um, I actually went to two meetings while I was pregnant. I'm a very, um, I like to know things in advance type person. Um, and I knew I was going to continue attending. I wanted to get to know the meeting leaders. And um, I heard mothers with toddlers talking about their... Um, their challenges with with sleep issues. Um, you know, some women would say that their toddler was nursing so frequently, and and I really got to learn from these mothers. I I mean, um, there were times where I would say, "That's great. That's how I want it to be for me." And there were times in my head where I said, "Okay, I do not want that for myself." And eventually, had the opportunity to chat with other women or or my leaders to say, "You know, I don't I don't want that to be my nursing experience. How can I?" how can I work around that? How can I make it different? Or how can I make it work for me? And the leaders are so respectful and um, chat with you about how you want it to be for your own life. So that's been really powerful for me personally. So um, one of the other things I wanted to do was talk about some big takeaways. And it actually – it kind of loops into the the way we like to end every show with five fantastic facts for families where um, we ask our guests to tell parents and caregivers their favorite facts or their favorite advice um, that they can take away and use or think about. So in regard to your experiences with breastfeeding and your experiences with La Leche League, what are the, the five fantastic facts that you can share? About La Leche League specifically or just breastfeeding in or, general? Whatever whatever motivates you. That your five favorite things to share with other mothers or other caregivers about um, breastfeeding and whether that involves La Leche League or not is, is up to you. But your favorite, your five favorite pieces of advice basically on the topic. Okay. Um, advice that I that I give, well, either asked or unsolicited. <laughs> um, I try to not be too unsolicited, but um, is to educate oneself. Um, if there's something that you want to take on in your life, look it up beforehand so that you can see if there are any common challenges that people come across. Um, maybe you can tackle them head on. Maybe you can learn about them before they even come up in your own life. Um, for me, that worked with breastfeeding. When I was pregnant, I watched videos on babies latching and um, read read some books of, of personal stories of women. So that helped me, and um, and I encourage other women to do the same because it can be hard. So the more you know in advance, 
it will never be perfect and will never be exactly how you expect. But um, to arm yourself with a little bit of information and support can be very powerful. Um, another thing is I tell people to go with their gut and to do what works for them. Um, that can really be applied to so many aspects of life. But when you become a new parent, it's really important to keep telling yourself, I'm doing a good job and I'm doing this because this is what works for my family. Um, not just my family, but me personally. I think new mothers, it's um, it's a very life-changing experience and can be taxing. And so you may be pregnant or, or waiting to, you know, to, to adopt a child and think that you're going to parent a certain way. And then you have that child and you realize, wow, this is, you know, not what I thought, or it's everything I thought, but um, but you don't necessarily know until you're in it. And so um, to listen to your own intuition, um, to try to block out the naysayers, which can very often be close family members. Um, family just wants what is best for you, but they don't always know what's best for you, and they think sometimes their way is the right way. So to to go with your gut and do what makes you most comfortable, I think it's really mm-hmm. important. Um, and to ask for help, that would be another thing I would recommend people. Um, you know, we're in our culture, we sort of have this mentality of do it all, and women are expected to, um, I mean, men too, but I guess I'm thinking you know, specifically new parents, mm-hmm. although that can that can be a couple who just adopted a child. So this pertains to, to those parents as well. Um, to ask for help if, if it's possible when you need help and don't feel bad about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, if someone is coming to visit you and they just want to hold the baby because they think that is helpful, um, ask them for something that really is helpful to you and and don't feel don't feel badly for asking. Um, I felt badly for asking. <laughs> I think most people do, but it can really go a long way to get a little bit of help um, in the beginning and along the way. Um, likewise, ask for help from maybe other you know professionals, people who are not your family or friends. So that would tie into the La Leche League um, meetings. You know, I know a lot of people who people are surprised to hear that I still go to meetings with a two-year-old. Um, but there is help along the way for parenting, not just for parents of infants. Um, it never gets easier. Certain things get easier. Certain things get harder. But continue to seek out help from either professionals along the way or people in your community. Most likely other parents are going through the same thing you are going through, um, even if they're not talking about it. Um, but to just be friendly with people on the playground or at work. Um, it's fascinating to, to find out the stuff that other people are going through. And um, I think it helps encourage parents to to keep going and makes them feel empowered to know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the okay. things that come to my mind. Okay, great. I um, think those are great. Yeah. Um, educating yourself beforehand to... You can mitigate and reduce any challenges that might pop up or avoid them altogether. <laughs> and just being well prepared is always smart. Going with your gut and doing what works for you, I think, is wonderful. And um, asking for help for help 
the help that you need from from friends and family members and one of the things you had said too is looking to professionals and professional organizations and going to um, an organization like La Leche League. One of the things we always advocate here at Kids A to Z and really why we started the show was um, we advocate that parents um, and caregivers go to experts in any given area of child development because they're going to know the best and lead you to the best advice and information. Um, I think that's really important. There's a lot of well-intended um, friends and family members and even related professionals in child development, but um, they're not necessarily the expert in a given area where you have a question, so that's why we always act, um, advocate that. But I think those are really wonderful takeaways. And um, so I guess that's actually really um, all we have for today. And I want to thank our guest, Rebecca Lunin, who is a mom and breastfeeding advocate and, of course, a La Leche lead um, advocate. And so thanking her for her time and expertise. And I just want to remind everyone that I do have the links to La Leche League International on the page for today's episode. So you can get that information right there. And I want to thank our guests for tuning in. And we always invite everyone to email us at the show with questions, with comments, or especially feedback. We're always interested in hearing what you think. And you can email us at info at kidsatoz.com. That's info at kidsatoz.com. We also invite you to follow us on the Blog Talk Radio page and especially on our Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Teresa. And that's pretty much it. Um, And so I hope everybody has a great day and that we'll see you soon.